Welcome to the Watch OK Please podcast, a podcast where three friends try to convince each other to devote what little time they have left to watch more TV and or movies than they've ever wanted to watch. Please join us while we argue about our media cues and waste everyone's valuable time on things that just don't matter. Um, one of the segments is going to be one of us pitching the show that we're into uh, to the other two folks and then suggesting specific episodes to watch. The episodes might not be in chronological order, but we're chosen to give folks a good sense of what the show is about so they can figure out if they want to keep watching. Because we sort of respect each other's time, we limit the number of episodes that we recommend to adding up to no more than two hours of content. That way we can actually find the time to watch all the suggested episodes. So that could be either four 30-minute episodes of an NBC sitcom, or it could be two 60-minute episodes of an AMC drama. The feedback section of the pod is that is where we get feedback, of course, uh, on the show that was pitched from an earlier episode to find out what our panel loved, hated, or just didn't get about the show. On this week's episode, we're going to get feedback on the show Travelers, which is available on Netflix. And wanted to give you guys a heads up that in this segment, there might be some slight spoilers for season two of the Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Nothing too in-depth, but we do touch on overall concepts for that season. Then later in the show, I emphatically recommend to the folks the sketch comedy series, A Black Lady Sketch Show, which is available on HBO Max. All right, let's get into it. All right, we are back to talk a little bit more about Travelers on Netflix. Uh, and uh, just a reminder, this is a show that uh, premiered a couple, you know, a few years, a few years ago and whatnot. And it was uh, uh, featuring the one, the only Eric McCormick. Uh, but a little bit, a little bit of time travel, a little bit of a sci-fi, a little uh, apocalyptic threat uh, intrigue going on in the show. And so, you know, I, I'm here to ask Scott, what'd you think? I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, at, just like Dan, I am very much an aficionado of any kind of time travel story. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, from Back to the Future to Star Trek uh, to even to Dark, the other show that we talked about. And uh, yeah, it took it took me a little while to kind of get the get wrap my head around kind of what what was happening. Um, and in our previous show where we where Dan was explaining. Uh, uh, what travelers was about we mentioned quantum leap uh, as they seem to take over other people's bodies uh which you could definitely get that that uh, uh can get that connection the other show though that i thought about when i was watching the first episode or two was the umbrella academy remember how they they kind of went back mm-hmm. in time they didn't take over people's bodies necessarily but they went back in time to stop a catastrophe mm-hmm. uh in, in the second season uh, which is kind of what they're doing here. Uh, they, mm-hmm. the, the people from the future realize that humanity messed up, created this like apocalyptic world, which happened in Umbrella Academy also. Um, and they go back in time to try to prevent it. So now I guess um, having just watched a couple episodes, I'll be interested to see kind of how it develops and if it's more of just like smaller or not necessarily smaller, but like more... Uh, like a series of like disastrous events that they try to uh, they try to make sure don't happen, or is it just like one big thing that it's leading up to? But in general, I really uh, yeah, I enjoyed the first couple episodes, and I think it had some interesting characters, and uh, yeah. Uh, so hopefully, I'll get a chance to watch a little bit more and see where where it goes from here. 
so before I jump into what I thought, if anyone cares about um, about the show, how, what is our spoiler policy? Because I don't think we've covered this, and I'm worried Scott just ruined like two people's lives uh, who haven't seen Umbrella Academy. Well, I, um, I, I, I think I, I think what we have to basically do is like immediately, you know, after you know, or maybe before the intro, we'll just have to drop in a spoiler alert. <laughs> Or I could just edit edit out every time he said Umbrella Academy and every time I say Umbrella Academy and just replace it with something else. So, so we, I mean, we, we, we we just say, uh, you know, uh, NBC Nightly, Nightly News. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Bill and Fair Ted's enough. Bogus Journey. Yeah. <laughs> Although I will say like the, I if I remember right, like the, with them going back in time, that was in like the previews. That was in the trailer yeah. for the second uh, season. It was, it was in the trailer for In All Fairness. That is true. I forgot about that. For the second season or for for the first season, but if if you were just watching, if you were walking into the if, walking into season one and you just seen the trailer for season one, would you have been aware of what happens in season two? By the cup for within the first couple of episodes, you do just because like you when you get introduced to a, a specific character, you know you'll you'll see that he appears to be much younger. Than his actual age. Oh, yeah. There's that. Their time travel comes in again, which I mean, yeah. you do Umbrella Academy, um, but I feel like a lot of people <laughs> have seen that. Um, yeah, I think we've all three of us have seen it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, so okay, yeah. Uh, uh, Dan, do you just want to do the yeah. nine? So what do you think? Yeah, not, yeah. So nine. What do you think we, then? We, um, so here's the thing. I um, within the first five minutes. Of this uh, show, I immediately had visceral emotional reactions because, <laughs> and I don't, I don't know if we've ever discussed this, but I have this, I have this issue. It's very emotionally triggering when I see mentally challenged people. Like I saw, I, I went to the movies alone and I saw the movie I Am Sam in theaters, hmm. and I watched Sean Penn playing, playing a mentally challenged person and spent the most of the movie on the verge of tears. There was a there was I was alone in a theater with one other woman who was sitting a number of ro- um, seat rows above me uh, or, or uh, in front of me, um, possibly having the same reaction. It was weird. It was like the middle of the afternoon on a random weekday. Uh, we both left the theater together. I didn't say anything to her. Probably should have talked to her. Instead, I, I walked to my car and found out I had a flat tire. It was a very upsetting day. So when I see a mentally challenged person being upset, and then being uh, ultimately harassed in some way, mm-hmm. and I'm not spoiling anything this time because nope. it happens in the first five minutes, mm-hmm. and then and then kicking ass like I, it was it, for me it was an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, um, I agree. And that pulled me in a little too fast, and it was <laughs> maybe that's pandering. I don't know, but they did a great job, and I was real upset. Um, <laughs> it was really shocking with the going first on. couple scenes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and but the problem is with this kind of emotional reaction. Suddenly, I want to dock. I want to. I I start looking up the actors that played the 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 shitbags that were assaulting that lady in in the show. And I'm like, I'm gonna dox these sons of bitches. Hell yeah! I'm gonna, I'm going to ruin their lives. And then I have to remember that Saturday Night Live sketch from the '90s where they do the Mr. Belvedere support group, and Ooh, everyone yeah. goes through the the um. 
you know, their exercises where they they make sure it's clear that um, that what is reality and what is fantasy and how they should interact with Mr. Belvedere and they shouldn't interact with Mr. Belvedere. And so I had to do that for this show and it was good and I enjoyed it. However, it's still sci-fi. I still don't get pulled in enough. I don't know if I'll, I'll keep watching it. Man, they manipulated my emotions so well. I needed to go to Mr. Belvedere. Um, that's I, deep, that's, man. That's yeah. Deep. <laughs> it, and that's nuts for me um mm-hmm. and I, like all this all all the random sci-fi stuff i literally have notes that to just say science is why we have covid um which i don't <laughs> think is true um i don't know why i wrote that though um but i also have once again the doctors are assholes just let people travel which makes sense because it's a show called travelers Fair um, enough. Uh, and i don't think i'm really spoiling anything by this but there is a place that's referred to as the nasty market um <laughs> does it I, and i guess then you nasty dugout because i only seen three episodes does the nasty market exist in real life do people keep going to the nasty market and can i go to there i think colloquially they may call something a nasty a nasty market for example like the the um if we're talking like you know a certain supermarket that happens to be above a highway in massachusetts i might think oh. of that place as a nasty nasty market and there's my, my and my final question or my add-on question is: Is the nasty market in New Jersey? It just seems like it should be. I think it's in Vancouver. It's more. It's <laughs> Vancouver. <laughs> and, and not to spoil the fun, but I did think that at first too. But I think it's supposed to be the Hasty Market with an H in the front. Yeah. Are you sure? Is it Hasty Market or is it Nasty Market? I mean, I'd like for it to be Nasty Market. That would be much more interesting. Um, we're going to need to follow up on this. So, like, so, okay. so I, I think Janet Jackson and when I have something about this to say, where did you get that nasty food? Nasty market. <laughs> <laughs> now we know. Exactly. So, yeah. No. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, 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 so as far as like, you know, the, um, you know, the, the time travel element, basically nine, because so, obviously you're less into time travel maybe than, than Scott or I. So how, how did you feel about that premise? So I appreciate the premise. Um, I think the problem is I, I, and I think I bought into it a little bit more because I mean we're dealing it. There, it. I mean, there's an undeniable ease, um, which is dealing with a show that's in English versus dark, which is in German. Um, so it was e- easier to snap into it. Um, and so I ended up getting involved in things with, especially with actors I'm more familiar with, like Eric McCormick, where I was like. Okay, this travel time travel thing makes sense. It's more quantum leapy. I mm-hmm. I know Donald P. Belisario is going to show up somewhere in this. We have, um, called it. Yeah, and then ultimately, like I I I see Eric McCormick. I feel him going back into will mode. Like he'll say things like, "I need coordinates," and I'm like, "I want him to finish the sentence and say for brunch with Kristen Chenoweth and Jack," and and I because in my head he still will. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's okay, but it might not be because it's. Van- I don't know how things work in Vancouver. I've only mm. ever been to the airport, <laughs> so Same. I don't. I Same. don't know. I don't know if it's okay to to. I don't know how brunch works in Vancouver. I don't know if Kristen Chenoweth will go to brunch in Vancouver, and I don't know if Sean Hayes will I mean, be there. But I know Megan Mullally will because she'll go anywhere. I mean, they film so many shows and movies and stuff there. You you have to think they would run into each other at some point. That's true, and they'll even, I mean, they had a Nexium office there, so they're sex cults, which is nice. Um, <laughs> Good to know. It's but, got it, Vancouver's got it all. Yeah, so in terms of the time travel, I, I found this, 
a, a little bit more accessible, but I actually, I, I almost prefer the dark version because there was more, there was more complexity to it and there was less to figure out because there, there is, there is a, within the first three episodes, a very specific sort of dump of the information. I think it was like two minutes of just straight exposition. I was right. like, wow, you guys aren't even playing. Like, <laughs> like we're, we're like, we're not, it's the, I think it was the end of the first episode. We're not wasting time. Here's what's happening. This is our life. And I, yeah. I mean, by episode three, they do find ways to keep it more interesting. And, and I almost felt like the end of episode three reminded me of breaking bad in that, hmm. in that amazing hook that breaking bad always had in, in ways of getting you to be interested in the next episode. And they, I, there was something good, really good that happened at the end of episode three. And I was like, Oh, this, might be something I'd be more likely to jump into. While I do appreciate the artistry of a time travel show like Dark, where it's like it's it's sort of a, a deeper mystery. This was very much like understanding that I'm a, a simple man uh, with simple pleasures and a very simple brain who just needs to be pulled into uh, randomly, like the throw some random fact into me that or that's a let's a click like essentially the the equivalent of a BuzzFeed clickbait headline at the end of the episode, and I'm here. So I, I enjoyed I enjoyed it. I don't know if I'll stick with it, but um, I did appreciate it. And all the random kids um, that just show up out of nowhere, like I, I like that the the show takes place in a, in a world where kids still just randomly wa- walk around. So uh, with the understanding that any time they can be possessed by people from the future. Fair enough. Wow. Yeah, I think that that uh, that that does get to. Uh, some of the things I thought too that like this is kind of a more like straightforward like here's what like just, like you said nine here's what we're doing we're not going to mess you know mess around or uh, draw this out um, and uh, th- which was much more direct in travelers than it was in dark for sure um, so I think you know maybe there not one isn't necessarily better, but it's just kind of different approaches. Yeah, I, I think of it this way. Um, th- there's like think of it like you know, I think of like say, dark is intrigue by a thousand cuts, mm. and uh, travelers is more kind of a machete. Yeah, for sure. So, so oh, yeah. so one more question: How do you what do you what, how do you guys feel about um, quantum theory? Oh well, I haven't gotten quite that far into the well, show. No, yet. This, is, this is more of a general thing, basically. Oh, the, idea, okay. the idea of quantum mania to throw the Marvel twist on it, um, but the idea that basically, you know, kind of the butterfly effect kind of thing. You know, the, you, if you kill a butterfly in the past, you know, kind of thing, um, because that idea of you know creating these micro branches off of off of a, a potential <clears throat> timeline, basically, and how that works, basically, because I think that you know. You know, we they talked more like in dark. They talked more in kind of more broader terms of uh, uh, making those changes. Whereas I think that you're, you're going to see a more kind of um, not microscopic, but more tighter focus on each action in Travelers mm-hmm. than you would say in Dark. So it'll be interesting to see, like, if you do keep on going, how you think that approach is. Because uh, again, hard science fiction versus less hard science fiction can be, you know, all in good good fun or in good or in bad taste in some cases so <laughs> uh yeah well i'm willing to to keep going uh and and see see how this one goes so nine uh, d- uh i'll fill you in uh, uh after i've seen a little more please do and 
I think the one thing I really do want to know is if these random um, corporate IT security violations will happen, like where FBI agents will share passwords. Because there was a scene where where one person, because they happen to be a traveler from, from the future, says, I don't remember my password. Who He works at the FBI. And then the other agent just walks over it and enters their own password. Or maybe the same password. There's password sharing. And that's like like corporate security 101. Like, this yeah. is nonsense. And these guys work for the FBI. Like, we're all screwed. Um, well, solar wind. The solar unfortunately, wind yeah. Like, it is like is just the tip of the iceberg because if this is how the FBI runs things, and I assume Eric McCormick works for the FBI, um, this we're, we're fucked. It's just, you, I, I immediately had to put that in under the suspension of disbelief. So I feel like remember nine, what you were just talking about before this, like difference between reality and fantasy. No, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you, you probably have to explain it again. This isn't, but only please explain it to me in the context of Mr. Belvedere. Uh, I will see what I can do. Thank you. Caught so in the land. That's what I thought. Yep, that's what I thought too. All right, guys. Um, so I am here to pitch uh, a Black Lady sketch show, uh, which is now available on HBO Max or uh, regular HBO if you still just watch things on cable and you're not streaming them, which I don't understand you. Um, congratulations on having all that free time. Um, but yeah, I wanted to, I um, wanted to throw the show out there because I originally did, had no interest in the show. Um, my wife um, mentioned it as a, a potential show to watch. I, I, she knows she is fully aware of my love of sketch comedy. I was like, I don't know. It doesn't sound like it, it, it's for me because um, I, along with everybody else on this call, is not uh, black, a lady, or a sketch show. So uh, being True. none of those things, um, I was like, oh, I mean, maybe it's just not for me. Like, I might not be up my alley. I was dead wrong. Like, this is definitely one of those things where, I'll, like, forever I will be like, Kate, you were absolutely right about this. Um, I was wrong. Um, and I will just, I'll just, I'll make dinner for the next, like, five weekends. Um, so, because it is just so good. Um, I, and I, I guess, I think it depends on your, your interest in sketch comedy general, generally, right? Because it is, in its essence, a sketch comedy show. So if for some reason you're a pers- a terrible person who doesn't enjoy sketch comedy, yeah, I get it. You, then this isn't for you because it's clearly a sketch show. It says it in the title. Just you can move along and go on to, I don't know, what else do you want to watch? Um, I don't know. Flora Bama Shore. Um, I'll yeah. join you with that, watching that later. Um, uh, Dr. But, Pimple Popper. Yeah. Oh, God. Every time I see a commercial for Dr. Pimple Bomber on TSC, I want to vomit. It looks so <laughs> terrible. I can't. I can't understand people don't want to watch that. Uh, why aren't they watching a Black Lady Sketch Show, which is so much better? Um, mm-hmm. So, it, I mean, it it's got like really talented performers. Robin Thede, the um, and I'm probably pronouncing her right name wrong, but I will do that throughout this entire pitch. Um, it, who was uh, a writer on uh, the nightly show with Larry Wilmore? She was, I think, she was a head writer for a long time. Um, nice. And so she's got like serious comedy chops. All the other performers, um, Quinta Brunson is my is one of my one of my favorites. Um, there, she's so good at what she does. Um, and then Ash Nicole Black and uh, Gabrielle Dunst, mm-hmm. all awesome. Like they're all really good. They they, they hit it out of the park. And uh, 
in, in terms of the sketches themselves, they could be kind of random, right? They could be, or they, they could be super specific. Um, but I, 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 I'm always just kind of amazed at how uh, incredibly they hit the sweet spot. And I'm jumping ahead of myself because the first season, second season is out now as of the recording, the first couple episodes, it's not completely done. But the first season's intro into itself is amazing because it's all done with random puppets, random <laughs> puppets interacting with other with human beings. It's a it's a little avenue Q. Um, nice. That and like the the intro in itself is delightful to me. Um, but everything is incredibly well written and specific, and um, it's I, I like it because it's. It, it it while it does certainly spend time focusing on the experience of of black women, it does it in a way that's accessible to everyone. Where a um, an Indian like man can actually appreciate it. Um, I, I love I love the accessibility of it. I love the the fact that I'm able to learn about stuff that I just didn't know about. Not not being a black woman, like I get to I get to learn about through this show, and it's all pretty hilarious, and it's all broad enough. To the point where you're, you'll enjoy it just as a human being. Like you don't not you do not need to identify as a particular gender or ethnic group to enjoy the show because it's that well written. Like it's it's, um, and I, I mean it came through. Um, I think Issa Rae was one of the producers, and I, I I guess I kind of approached Insecure on HBO the same way. I was like, I don't know if this is for me. But she writes it. It's so well written that it's so relatable that while you're learning about the black experience, like in um, at the same time, you, it's it's relatable as any human being because really at the end of the day, um, while there are certain experiences certainly unique to, to certain races, there is a lot of re- there's a lot of overlap that we do have, and I think that's awesome. So I, I mean, I enjoy having those chances to, you know, be able to walk into a, a an experience the art of uh, that's trying to uh, you know relate the experiences of a specific culture that I'm that's just not me and it's awesome it's a really cool experience um but what I but I think the tricky part was that there was stuff that I just didn't know about um and so I realized I'm asking you both to watch this show neither and and as I have noted before neither of you is black a lady or a sketch show um so I thought it would be helpful to compile a glossary of random oh things that popped up Here during the first three episodes. Um, and so I'm going to share this right with you guys, a Google link, uh, a Google Doc, because all I do is Google Docs all day for no good reason, um, other than make, my, make it feel like I've done something. Um, so this is something me, you created. That's right. Yeah, this Perfect. is not endorsed by Robin Thede or anyone involved in a Black Lady Sketch Show, but I think it's helpful. Um, okay. and, and let me know when it comes through, because then I'd like to walk through a few of these with you before you actually um, watch the episodes. Um, sure. They won't. It's not spoiling anything because they're, they're just random definitions. Because that's what a glossary is. Dan, I can see you're in the actual document. Thank always you, let Google. me know when you're there. Um, you're right at episode one. Good choice. So, so, so before we get into the glossary here, I just want to ask a question. Um, if you were to draw any kind of comparisons to other, you know, famous sketch comedy series, and we can go we, again. This, this can cover the the pantheon of history from Smothers Brothers to uh, SNL to the State to you know, uh, you know, any other series. Basically, is there is, is there anything that you know direct comparison you can draw? You know what? I, I thought about that. That's an excellent question. The it, immediate direct comparison I would draw was is Kids in the Hall. 
um, which I realize is the opposite of a black lady sketch show because that's just um, white, uh, five white guys, but also on a sketch show. I guess opposite yeah. of a black lady sketch show would be like five white guys doing a documentary. Um, but that's not what we've like. That's not kids in the hall. But in terms of, I mean, just Scott Thompson's monologues on its own, like the the Buddy Hall stuff, just about like being a, a, a random uh, Canadian gay dude, like that stuff was also enlightening to an extent. Like to the, I mean. Uh, it, I mean, it's intended to be a sketch, but I mean, there is there is humanity and um, and reality Im- imbued in that. And so, th- I guess that would be an equivalent for me. Like, if you like Kids in the Hall and you appreciated the way they approach things, um, that is this a Black Lady schedule is up your alley. I think, and especially with the absurd absurdist nature of it, because um, I think part of the um, the artistry in terms of what a black lady sketcher does is that it doesn't sort of go for the easy jokes, but it does it. it there's a lot of thought there. These are really smart jokes there. And there's a lot of absurdism in it, which appeals to everyone. Cause I, I don't think it matter. It doesn't matter what your race is. Um, ultimately you realize how absurd things are and it can appreciate absurdity in the world. Cool. By the way, were you able to get into the duck? No, I don't. Where? How did you send it? Or where I sent it by email. Gmail. Gmail. I had to refresh my Gmail. It didn't, it didn't no, come I, I, re- I just refreshed it. I didn't get it. I didn't get an email from you. Oh, okay. uh, let me copy the link and put it in the chat. Yeah, there that, you go. I, yeah that should work. Oh, that was not good. Okay, I am opening the glossary. Let's see what we got. Okay, so I mean, there, there's some things that I thought were helpful. Um, well, let me know when you got it open, by the way. So we'll, we'll, I see yep. him. Yep, I, I'm in. Okay, good. Because uh, baby boy, you know, could mean a number of different things. So right, but I wanted I to make sure you guys knew that when they talk about baby boy, they mean the movie by John Singleton. Okay, and when they talk good, about good to movie, know. They are talking about um, the star of the movie, Baby Boy. By John Singleton, um, <laughs> baby boy's there, been on my mind. Exactly. Uh, th- then Sorry. there was just the concept of herteps. I've her- seen it spelled hertep or hotep. I put both both spellings in there, and then a link to an article on the root uh, explaining <laughs> what that means. Um, because there's one particular character named um, Doctor Hadassah uh, Youngerman uh, Olienka Ali. I think. Oh no, maybe it's Hadassah Olienka Youngerman Ali. Um, who was a who was very specific and insane, um, and so, it, it, um, and I, Blyway, uh, Scott and Dan, I think you'll be both very happy to know that one of the stereotypes that I feel like is constantly put upon the black community does get touched on a lot here, in that they bring up vibranium all the time. Um, <laughs> like I know, I understand it's it, it's definitely a racist stereotype that black people constantly talk about vibranium, one hundred percent. It's inappropriate, but they bring it up a lot in the show. Like I don't, I did not re, I, uh, every, all the black people I know, all my, all my black friends, they don't bring up vibranium this much, but it does come I mean, up in the show a I mean, lot. I mean, technically, it does belong to Wakanda, just right. for the record. Exactly, in Wakanda forever. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, by the way, I believe this is the whitest document that has ever been created by mankind. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, no, but I, 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 I think that's fair. But I thought it would be helpful to know that Tyler Perry, in addition to being a prolific producer, is also a very popular possessive noun. Um, 
I, for Tyler example, Perry Tyler, is a noun. Tyler Perry. Yeah. Tyler Perry as a possessive noun. Tyler oh, Perry's I got you. Ground. Okay, okay. Tyler Perry's cardboard box farm. Um, <laughs> Tyler that Perry's. I can know. do that all by myself. Um, Tyler Perry does come up once in a while. Tyler, um, Tyler Perry's uh, uh, um, d- uh, dirty rice mix from Zatarans. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Um, in in some seriousness, like the the term homegoing, which is mentioned in episode two, no idea what that was. Uh, it gets met, dropped randomly, and I was like, and it, I so I ended up googling, and I was like, oh, that's an actual funeral tradition. I did not know that, and then I realized I, I didn't include a definition for the five heart heartbeats, and that's on me. Um, <laughs> there's there there is a point where they go into a bunch of random hair products and i don't know much about that so i just wrote i wasn't sure about all the hair products but we're all learning today and that's great see, um, see the last episode of john oliver that aired for the, as of the day of this recording i'll have to check it out it, it's, um, it's very good yeah um, included, so there's an actress on this show who went to the same college that we did that's right. Uh, would she? She is uh, Loretta Devine, I believe, is a Brandeis alum, if I remember correctly. That's awesome. Um, so uh, I think she went to the MFA program. Um, ah. I could be wrong in making that, but I'm, I'm like ninety nine percent sure. Um, and like I, I, I wasn't sure if you guys knew what market research was, so I just because I, um, uh, again, another stereotype that African American people are always talking about market research. Um, <laughs> It's, 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 I, I, I do too, but I, it replaced the market with the user, and that's pretty much, yeah. Uh, well, and I really I appreciate talk about all the time. How, how you included, you know, uh, hot links here to some additional information. Should we that's desire just to me being lazy and copying from, from, pasting from Wikipedia? Like, <laughs> yeah. Still, though, it's helpful. Hmm. But yeah, I I, I I I do I do appreciate the uh, the the, the Dolezal reference because some people have tried to forget her. Oh, I know. You, you know what? I realize that. So we actually, well, I I know somebody, and Dan, you've met her, but I don't think Scott has. But we know someone who is married to someone who wrote a helped Rachel Dolezal write her memoir. Um, really? Yeah, That's real crazy. weird. That's really um, weird. Oh, and I was just to confirm that uh, that hip hop group from episode two that's pronounced Fujis and not Fudgies. <laughs> just so we're clear. Um, well, there's no D, so it's not Fudge. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I've heard good. I've heard that name is like mangled, like worse than worse than my wife's name. Oh, fair enough. And I, I just wanted to make sure you guys knew what Venmo was. Um, oh, yeah. So I threw that in there as well. But, um, yeah, I think but I think Blywise just has to say that he, yeah, he takes PayPal. You. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the other thing I wanted to mention with this show, and I, I, and I could be like, I don't feel like I've watched enough sketch in terms of like the more recent stuff. Like I think the last thing I'd watched before this was the Tim Robinson Netflix uh, series, which was um, I think oh, you should leave, which is also a great show. Um, oh, but one of the things I really, I really appreciated in terms of like detail and, and structure was the fact that there is a very specific through line um, that starts from the first episode and carries through this, through the, the last episode of the six episode season. Um about where um, it sort of breaks back to the the actresses from the show, like the, the primary actresses um, um, focus like reactions to a specific event. Like something has happened and they're all kind of sitting around reacting to it through the course of six episodes. Um, 
it, and that itself, I thought was like, I thought it was a really interesting conceit because they work jokes in through that. It's not like sketch, 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 sketch over and over again, but there is like a random through line that pops through all of this and a couple recurring mm-hmm. characters. Um, but there, it, it's just really well structured and really well done. Like it's, and and I, I don't know. I was I was blown away by it. Like I, I will. It's one of those things that I'll just randomly throw on all the time. Nice. So I feel like I babbled enough. Do you guys have any it's other like, questions about it that I, the glossary, the, the I, white I glossary have you've say, ever seen, is, hasn't answered? My my, <laughs> my favorite my favorite uh, re- reaction emoji in, in the Discord that I'm on is actually is actually Drake. It's both both of the Drakes. The the the, the Drake no and Drake yes. That's it's my favorite emoji. Excellent. I mean, the, the the glossary just answers so many questions I had, Nyan. But um, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you're always asking questions about it in Vogue. I get it. I, I know, right? Well, um, I mean, don't fashion uh, fashion houses, so you know, the, the Fenty was good for me. Yeah. Mm. No, uh, yeah. Given that it is a sketch show, but I was also wondering: are there is there like some kind of story or plot that is, that is continued through different episodes, or is each one its own thing? Yeah, that that sort of um, event I was referencing kind of um, carries through from from episode one to six uh, of okay. season one, and then there's a there's a weird twist on it in season two that I I don't want to I don't want to give away, but um, they they do use kind of a similar they use a similar structure. Interesting. All right. So, which episodes should we watch? Oh, one to three. I think this is one you can start from from uh, one, work to three, and you're not losing anything. Um, I, I partially because of the the fact that it's kind of just a like it it is a sketch go very much very much so, but like that random through line that connects all of the random sketches. It, I think it is important to start it from the beginning and work it through to the end. So, and they're all it's thirty minute episodes, so one to three will will not take up too much of your time. Your boss will not fire you for watching the show. So they may actually promote you. Like by the way, so you so you mentioned work it. So do we need to add Missy Elliott yet uh, to the glossary now? Oh, you know what? Weird. Uh, they don't. I don't recall them ever bringing up Missy Elliott, but I could be wrong. Okay, maybe we should. Well, you, said, I, you, said, I, you said work it, so you know. Uh, it's on me. My mind, my my mind immediately went there. That's fair. That's completely fair. All right. So I'm interested. This is certainly a show I would not necessarily gravitate towards, but I'm willing to give it a shot. It sounds, it sounds intriguing. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, Scott. Basically it's just, you know, I mean, for me, it's like, you know, I think a lot of the shows that I watch are tend to be, you know, some of them action, some of them sci-fi or superhero or other in nature. And, you know, I think I do definitely need more comedy shows because some of the comedy shows I, I watch have either ended and or are on hiatus. So I think I think having something with a little more levity that's not SNL. I mean, don't get me wrong. Again, SNL has its good moments from time to time, but you know, I, I always want to try something a little different. You know, off the beaten path, basically. You know, just kind of how like you know, you know, Brooklyn Nine Nine brings a certain flavor to my life in some ways, basically. But at the same time, it's like I want something a little different. And I think this might kind of scratch that itch that I didn't know I had. Nice. Go watch it now. Do it. Do it. Well, we tried. That brings us to the end of another episode of the Watch OK Please podcast. Please join us next week for another exercise in futility. In the meantime, please rate and review us on iTunes. Or if you didn't listen to a, to this on iTunes, please complain about us on your social media platform of choice. Good night, everybody.